0: As a commercial real estate professional, you manage complicated decisions every day, and to make the right call, you need the full story. Moody's Analytics CRE harnesses the expansive, integrated data and analytical expertise from across the Moody's organization, then curates it specifically for commercial real estate professionals. Learn how to make better decisions and improve CRE workflows with the Moody's Analytics CRE Solution Suite at reese.com. That's
1: Welcome to WMRE's Common Area Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at WMRE. Let's jump right into
2: this week's podcast. Hello, and welcome to The Common Area with your host, David Bodemer. David, how are you? I'm doing well. We are wrapping
0: up 2021 somehow.
2: And (laughs) um, you know, it's been, it's been a year. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We made it. We made it just like we said through 2020. We're like, good God, we made it. Thank you. Now I know you've got a a guest on the show today. Who'd you bring on?
0: So this week we have Eric Birnbaum, who is, uh, the president and CEO of dreamscape companies. Eric, thank you for, for coming on the podcast. My, My pleasure. So just to get us going, could you give us a quick, just a quick overview on your background and tell us a little bit about the company?
1: Sure. Um, so I, my name is Eric Birnbaum. Um, <clears throat> I founded Dreamscape Companies in the end of 2019. It's a real estate development company, primarily focused on two main verticals, um, one being multifamily residential <clears throat> and the other being hospitality. and We're focused on the gateway markets and the gateway cities within those markets. And my background prior to that was um, I had a company with my old mentor and a guy by the name of Mike Facitelli, who used to be the Mm. CEO of Vernado. Mike and I actually I actually worked at Vernado. Just working sort of backwards here. Uh, I worked at Vernado from 2002-ish, I think it was, till about 2008. And in 2008, I went off on my own and was also basically doing real estate development in those two main verticals. And then Mike and I partnered up when he left Bernado in 14, all the way through 19. And then we sort of went our separate ways at the end of 19. And hence, uh, sort of the, the beginning of dreamscape, if you will.
0: So that's you know, super interesting timing to be starting a company since the end of 2019. Do you like- yeah. what- Two or, two or three months before we got into this roller coaster. So what has that been like?
1: You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. We have been actually, you know, we, we've just gotten very lucky in the, in the fact that the deals that we had were either structured in certain specific ways where we weren't as impacted by COVID as many others um, and our peers were. And then on top of that, we were able to take advantage of, I don't, you know, the word distress is really, I think like overused, but Mm -hmm. we were able able to take advantage of some opportunities within our spaces where we actually got six or seven deals done, you know, over the past, like call it 18 months or so, which um, in our world is, is, you know, pretty good.
0: And what kind of deals are you doing? You're looking at properties that need to be, uh, repositions? are you buying like where, where do you fit on the kind of that core to distressed spectrum and what what do you what do you what kind of deals are you doing and, and what do you do with the deals once you for the properties that you're bringing it
1: yeah I mean our businesses we're you know we're we sort of are in the business of GP and LP um, type of capital where we're the GP mm-hmm. or the general partner we bring in LP partners into our deals. And the types of deals that we predominantly focus on from a risk perspective typically lie somewhere between, you know, call it value add, if you will, all the way Mm -hmm. to sort of like opportunistic. So we're typically Mm -hmm. trying to generate, you know, depending on where the asset is and the risk profile, um, anywhere between sort of mid to high teens to, you know, ideally 20s those are very hard to find but to generate those type of yields and those types of returns you know you typically have to put some work into it so whether you're repositioning redeveloping and or even developing ground up that's where we usually find you know where, where we're spending most of our time
0: and you said multifamily and hospitality is there like a a, a breakdown between those two property types like 50/50 as far as- or
1: No, I mean, we're, we're, we go where the opportunity is. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. we try and focus on those two verticals and then it's really a function of looking in specific markets and just finding deals that we think make sense. um, And then that are, you know, worth spending our time on and, you know, depending on the cycle or depending on where the opportunities come from, you may be doing more multifamily residential one year and less hospitality and vice versa, but it, it, it really is, you know, sort of like case specific.
0: And even in the hospitality world, I mean, there's a whole obviously gamut of, of, of types of properties. Is there a specific t- type that you're doing? Or are you at the.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we are, we don't hospital, we basically do everything other than sort of select services, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we'll do, anything ranging from big box, you know, convention oriented hotel assets all the way to sort of like boutique hotel. The one thing that we try and focus on and you know, sometimes it's not that easy to do is we rather do a larger deal if you will than a smaller deal just because we have limited we have a limited team and our resources are you know, sort of finite. The amount of time and energy it takes to do 25 million dollar boutique hotel deal in wherever is takes the same amount of time to do a 200 million dollar deal someplace else so it's it, it's really about trying to focus on and 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 really be sort of scrup- scrupulous in you know return on time
0: and are you working with um any particular of the big hotel brands like, do you have any preferences or, or you're working with
1: i i mean we work with everybody so whether it's hilton hyatt marriott the, the the gamut
0: and you said like i think there was a mention of you know gateway markets so like what what are the what are your, the markets that you're you're looking at
1: yeah i mean gateway i think is probably a misused word i mean the the reality is is we're looking at you know probably the top 30 like MSAs, everywhere ranging from kind of like New York on one end to the spectrum and LA, all the way to Las Vegas, to Nashville, to New Orleans, to Charleston, you know, some of these emerging kind of drive-to markets that you're now seeing have also been an area of focus as well.
0: Sorry, random uh, tangent yeah. here, but the, the name Dreamscape, where did that come from?
1: It came from our uh, a friend of mine who actually does branding and marketing um, and okay. there, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it other than the fact that we kind of both, he, he mentioned it and I was like, yeah, I like that. And
0: that was the end of it. It, it jumps out a bit because, you know, most real estate companies are just like, you know, named after a person or like real estate like, capital advisor, you know, like very, yeah, very I mean, straightforward kind of names.
1: <laughs> right. So we try and be less straightforward f- for a reason. And I don't know, the the world has too many stones and you know
0: lights and rocks
1: yeah. and this and that so, <laughs> like whatever
0: <laughs> yeah there's that whole right you know portraying stability thing but i think it did it's a little overkill at this point <laughs> I, I, I think. <laughs> yeah and into, again so you talked about um you know you're the gpa you're bringing in lps um how are you sourcing your capital these days and and especially given like you know it's a little bit hard with with we're kind of in this weird place where people are meeting face to face more but still not the way it was so how do you how do you go out and meet your investors and and talk to people about your company and 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 what is that and what is that relationship like
1: we've been doing this for a while so thankfully you know we have we have great relationships with the sort of myriad of different types of you know LPs and you know at this point in our careers thankfully you know a lot of these people are are our friends that we've done deals with historically so it's not like we're we're meeting new people it's people that mm-hmm. we already know and have you know built in relationships with i think like zoom you know for whatever it's worth i think is a very difficult tool to build a relationship with but it is a good tool to maintain relationships right. so we've been lucky that we've been able to, to maintain, you know, we try and stay in front of, you know, our relationships as, as much as, as much as we can. And they too, I mean, the LPs are in the business of putting out capital. So, you know, we're their sort of conduit, if you will, for getting things done. So they, they need us as much as we need them.
0: And when you're talking about your investors, is it like high net worth, family office, institution, what what is the, what kind of, what kind of investors are you predominantly working with?
1: It's typically, it's not really high net worth. I mean, it's more, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere from large family offices to institutions.
0: Got it. But the fact that you're saying that, like, for the most part, you're dealing with repeat uh, investors sort of speaks to the track record and and that, that you've built.
1: Yes. Yes. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so you know we're sitting here. It's you know we're we're getting towards the end of 2021. What are you looking towards 2022 in terms of just um, the investment climate in general and and overall you know strategies for your company?
1: If we were sitting here at the end of 2020 and you asked me the same question, I'd I'd have been wrong. So I know that whatever I say here, I'll probably be wrong too. And so the the reality is, is that none of us know. And right. we're in a sort of like unprecedented and unchartered territory where, you know, we're one newscast away from going back into a lockdown or things going back to normal or nobody really knows. And anybody that says they, they do is obviously, you know, full of it. You know, all we do is we try and con- control like what we can, which is, you know, keep your head down, plot along, you know, look at deals as they come in and look at them within the prism of the world that we're currently, you know, living in at that moment in time and make your best educated decisions that you can make. And I think that, um, I have no expectation for 2022, you know, other than, you know, we just keep doing the blocking and tackling, and as the deals come, we'll look at them and and try and be judicious in our decision making. But I, but I have no idea where the world is headed.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, if we had this conversation even like a like three weeks ago, would we have known? I forget. I forget when we even heard the word omicron, and right. then like there was like the immediately almost seemed like a like like a, a another round of oh no this is going to be terrible. And then now it seems like we're, Oh, maybe it's not going to be so bad, but it's just like, it is, it's like the ground is just like moving underneath us, like from week to week. So I think, I think, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense not to uh, be in the forecasting business right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is, that is for sure.
0: So are there any specific projects that, that you can talk about that um, that you've done this year or that have closed that, that are, would be good for people to, to look at as examples of, the, of your work?
1: I mean, most of the stuff that we closed this year, like it, I would qualify as everything as still sort of a work in progress because when you're doing repositioning or developing, you know, these things don't happen overnight. So, you know, it's hard to say this is a good example of like a work in a completed work in progress. But when I was at Imperial with Mike Facitelli, a job I'm very proud of that I that I did was the good time hotel in Miami that was a ground up deal that has gotten you know some good recognition and some good some good press it's you know one best new hotel in Miami and you know that is a sort of thing that I that I'm very proud of as far as stuff that we're in the middle of doing like right now as far as dreamscape you know we bought the rio hotel in Las Vegas um, which is a big okay. asset we're going to be repositioning that in short order, I hope, and sort of reimagining that, if you will, and bringing that to the market. And, you know, it's going to be a phased in sort of renovation. So that phasing in of the renovation is going to start, we'll probably start seeing the beginnings of it, like in, you know, hopefully 2023. So that's that's exciting and something that we're, we're very focused on. We're doing a big ground up development in Hollywood, which is a big multifamily deal, it's going to be 735 multifamily units. That's on Sunset and Western that we're pretty excited about. So that's should be breaking ground and getting through its entitlements. Hopefully, mid 2022. So that's something that we're working on in earnest. We've bought a couple of hotels in Nashville um, that we're excited about. We bought a hotel in Charleston that we're excited about. We bought a hotel in Philadelphia and New Orleans that we're excited about. There's no one specific thing. I mean, quite honestly, we're pretty proud of everything we've done. We feel like we have really good projects under our belt. We have a great team and we're just sort of plodding along and and trying to stay out of trouble.
0: And um, long-term, do you eventually, once these things are stabilized, do you hold or do you are you looking to sell as soon as the thing is 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 in, in good, good position? What, what's your what's your long-term strategy?
1: You know, we're in the business of monetizing promote as the general mm-hmm. partner. Um, once things stable, we usually have a mechanism where we can earn promote. And in many of our deals with many of our partners, they're long-term owners. So we so we can stay on long-term and still get what we call like a crystallization, if you will, of a promote. So it really is case specific and depends on sort of who our LP is and what they want to do. But the ideal scenario for us is to, is, you know, we're not in the business of putting our blood, sweat and tears into stuff and then flipping it, you know, to the next guy. We'd like to, you know, create value, be recognized for that value creation. And then if it makes sense to hold, we're, we're happy to hold.
0: How much do you leverage the projects in terms of using debt to kind of, um, Increase the returns. I mean, we're
1: pretty, I mean, conservative, I guess, to, you know, the nature. Like we're in that 65 to Mm -hmm. you know, it's very rare that we go above
0: 70 percent. So you've got a good amount of equity in these. Yes. Yes. I think we could um wrap this up. I'm, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and answering my questions and me kind of jumping around a little bit just to keep you on your toes, but uh, I appreciate you rolling with it.
1: Yeah, no, I'm um, hopefully I, notwithstanding some of the typing, hopefully I answered the questions. <laughs> <All right.
2: laughs> well, Eric and David, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show. David, of course, thank you for bringing him on the show. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Commentary Podcast with David Bodemer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when David comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today for everyone at WMRE. This is Eric Johnson inviting you back in two weeks for all the stories that matter to you. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to the common area podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WMRE or Informa. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.
0: As a commercial real estate professional, you manage complicated decisions every day, and to make the right call, you need the full story. Moody's Analytics CRE harnesses the expansive, integrated data and analytical expertise from across the Moody's organization, then curates it specifically for commercial real estate professionals. Learn how to make better decisions and improve CRE workflows with the Moody's Analytics CRE Solution Suite at reese.com. That's R-E-I-S dot com.